It's time for Locktober, y'all. Wanna tell the world about Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, Isn't he a great character? Uh, Brian, what are you doing? Oh, um, uh, you, you caught me in the middle of recording the intro for Locktober with the Lost and Luck Choir. Right. Well, why don't you go ahead and get the Lost Unlocked Choir to do the regular Lost intro. Okay. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us again here on Lost Unlocked. I am your host, Brian, and sitting with me is the one, the only, Chris. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that, Brian. Oh, well, yeah, you, know, you stopped me. Enthusiasm about our favorite character. I, I think, bar none, it's not only our favorite character, you know, or, or if anyone can't tell that, Oh, you know, it's definitely my favorite character. I think it's most people's favorite character. A bold statement by Chris, really. Yeah. What about all the Hurley fans, you know? I, the I people like who Hurley. like Desmond, he's a great guy. I think, though... What about the millions and millions of Nicky and Paolo fans out there? <laughs> millions, you say? Millions and millions. Oh, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> hmm... I just think Locke transcends that. Oh, wait a minute. i got to say it right. I think that Locke transcends time and space. His age, he appeals to young and old. His character, he's white, he's black. He's... <laughs> wait, what? Did I did I miss something? No, I don't mean literally. Okay. Figuratively. Oh, right. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, he's good, he's bad. He's, well, he's... He's happy, he's sad. He's angry a lot. <laughs> He has anger management issues, yes indeed. And that brings us to this week's October podcast. Oh uh, yeah, well, you know, we I, I gotta admit, Chris, I'm really really nervous about this. I uh, lock I, I should put you at ease. No, I why are you nervous? I, I I don't know. It's not like, you know, I, I haven't built this up to, you know, unreasonable expectations. People are expecting, like, literally the greatest hour of podcasting ever. So you're afraid that people that, that really like Lost, that are look forward, looking forward to this podcast, because we've deemed, uh, deemed it Locktober, once you start opening your mouth and talk about Lock, you'll feel like... Oh, <laughs> sorry, Brian. Uh, Choose another character. We're going to go with Jack. Oh, no, i got to play that sound again. Okay, that's, that's all right. <laughs> all right, but hopefully we'll, you know, we'll deliver. Oh, I what think a we guy. can. Before we get into that, you know, don't don't get nervous just yet. No, I mean, I'm having a flashback to our first ever uh, recording experience that we'll never see the light of day ever. Well, let's move on and uh, let's hit our product review. Product. Product. Product of the week comes to us from Randomio. Oh, yeah, good friend of the show, Randomio. Courtesy of another fan, therefore we don't have to do the legwork on the story. <laughs> well, you know, that's just 
you know, pleasant uh, after effect. Way to go, Randomio. All right, Randomio says, hey guys, this is Randomio, and I'm emailing you about this relatively new product, actually a game, which um, we haven't covered. He didn't know if we had covered it or not. We haven't officially covered it, and it's the mobile phone lost game. Yes, but um, as it turns out, uh, old Leppy last week reviewed the iPod game, which is actually an updated version of the mobile phone game. But you know, okay, we, so we, haven't, we haven't played either or, so let's get you know his opinion too. Right, you Leppy, said... Leppy hated it. Maybe uh, <laughs> and Randomio. you said the iPod was even a better now, version, like better graphics. Better graphics. Better so graphics. this game, Leppy would just abhor. I do, I do. You know what? Maybe Randomio can really redeem the product, give okay. a glowing review. That's true. Well, let's see what he's got to say. Um, he says, um, this game ain't that good. <laughs> All right. Brian, he didn't live up to your hopes there. He says, but for those of you who want to try it out, you can get it for free. Look, you can't even... <laughs> it's for free. Uh. They're not even charging. Or maybe they are, and it's just a hacked version. <clears throat> I didn't say that. No, well, neither what? did I. Let's. I should have done my research. He says, uh, however, the game is quite short. The graphics aren't very good, and it's like a cut short version of season one with the much hated words at the end. Uh, spoiler. Oh no! You ah. Oh, to be continued. Ah, oh, you ruined the whole game for everyone. I can't Th- believe it. That's what it. you get at the end of the game. Ah, oh, that's awful. <laughs> but for fans who want to. Pass the time. You know, you could try it. If you're a dedicated Lost fan, you got to have all things Lost. This is out there for you. I mean, don't go by on what we say. <laughs> oh, yes, of course not. Um, he says, uh, so far he knows the game works on, and he mentions a couple of phone models and brands, and he's not sure about all phone brands, though. I do know, however, it is a Java uh, game, so if your phone supports Java, more than likely it will probably... Run the game. It's good to know. Wouldn't work on mine, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it should work on yours. <laughs> so, even though we call this product of the week, it's really, um, we're not pushing it. Yeah, well, it's like... Or at least not yet. Non-product of the week, terrible product of the week. Wow. We should just rename the entire segment, really. <laughs> well, if you have a product of the week that you would love to voice your opinion about, we... Wouldn't mind putting it on the show. Oh, we'd love to. And if you don't have any comments about product of the week, we make up our own. We have done that before. <laughs> or we cover actual products of the week, which most of the time we have done. And, you know, we've covered a lot of them. I have a couple more that I'm holding back on. but yeah. Well, they're still to come. Lots of other things to come yet. So with product of the week, uh, well, non-product of the week behind us, we'll cl- quickly move on to something that... Uh, Everyone it is good. something that can appeal to people. Q of the W, our question of the week segment, who is a big one this week. Oh yes, a huge one. And the question was, what is your theory on the island's healing properties? That's a big one. That is a huge question for the week. Huge Q for this W. Healing properties of the island. Wow. And we've we got some great... Great answers in. Uh, first thing I have here is from Randomio again. Oh. He's got his name all over the show now. Uh, he's he, just taken over. He should be third billing. Lost and locked <laughs> with Chris Brian. Randomio. Oh, okay. 
Uh, anyway, we, moving on, he says, first he gives a theory about luck. He says he thinks that luck was actually immaculately conceived, as his mother originally told him. What? See, I told you. Oh, well, there you go. Anyway. And that uh, <laughs> Cooper, n- not the father at all, he lied to him, he's a con man. And the hmm. DNA test, they were also faked. Hmm, he's really serious about this. Well, you know, it's lost. I wouldn't rule anything out. But then he goes on to uh, his theory on the island and its healing power. If he's immaculately conceived, Jacob's the father. Huh. That weird spirit poltergeist thing. Oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> thing. Oh, of course, yes. Sorry, continue. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> he goes on to say, if time is different on the island compared to the outside world, then maybe that would affect the amount of time it takes to heal from an injury. Mm-hmm. And then he gives the example that when Locke got hurt in the lockdown... Under any normal circumstance, it would have taken him months to heal. Or years. Uh, but it took a mere few episodes <laughs> due to time minutes. being different on the island. True. And then he says, when's the next podcast? Which would be now. No. Oh. So, that's... Locke has always had the... Well, I don't know if Locke has the that ability. It happened once again on the island. But Locke has always been the receiver of the healing properties of the island. Uh, well, some others as well. But some not so much. That's true. So why does the do the properties seem to be particular? I don't know. Let's move on to okay. see if anybody else has anything to, to throw in there that might answer this. Is Randomio's brother right in? Um, no. No, not unless... Oh. Uh, that'd be Multi, Molten Panther. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no. First we have one from Losty108. Great. And she writes in to say that if time is moving slower on the island, although that wouldn't help explain the healing times being shorter... Right. Then the 2000 world, 2004 World Series would not have happened yet. So, Ooh. you know, it's not possible, I guess. So time doesn't But change. she does say it could be moving faster on the island, and that would explain, you know, the shortened time to heal. And Ben would also have access to the World Series clip. I would go for that, because if time moves faster, your wounds would heal faster. That's true, but then she points out that, you know, either fast or slow, there's always an issue with either side. Yeah. Always something that doesn't really happen. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, well. we'll, Except on Lost. Well, we'll move on to uh, Molten Panther, who has this big theory he's been holding on to. And he says, he starts out, in the Rose and Bernard episode, SOS, Rose is taken to Isaac of Uluru, which is Chris's all time favorite character. All right! Isaac. He's kind of like your luck. So. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I think so. <laughs> Isaac of Uluru Simber? Oh, mm. anyway, I should move on. Anyway, she goes to Isaac of Uluru, a faith healer, uh, to get rid of her cancer. Isaac explains that certain places on Earth have an energy, and he is sort of a conduit through which this energy can travel to the ill. But he says that he can't heal Rose, because that is not the place for her to heal. So he thinks that the island is also a healing place, much like Uluru, and that Locke is unknowingly a conduit to it, to, the, to the energy there. That hmm. could explain why Locke can walk, but not really feel his legs too well. The energy causes the muscles to work, but not the nerves. Oh! Yeah, see? <laughs> makes wow. some sense. He hung around Rose so often that she healed. Is she losing feeling in her nerves? Uh, yeah, she had cancer. <clears throat> yeah, so she, she did. She healed. And then he left Boone. Boone died. No. So there you go. He hung around Claire. The baby was okay. And Ben wasn't really healing all that well until Locke started hanging around him also. 
Wow. The moral of the story, hang, hang around Locke, good things will happen. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to be standing on top of the Empire State Building and say, Locke, let's jump. I don't want to uh, test that uh, well, out. Well, that's because it's off the island. That definitely oh. would not work for you. Okay, then don't do that. Never, ever anybody do that. So hang around Locke and you heal. But then uh, Molten Panther also points out that he thinks that time could be moving incredibly slower on the island. Incredibly slow. Incredibly slower. Because that that would explain why Richard does not age. Uh, Oh, what's that? (laughs) I tried to get a courtesy laugh out there. Oh, old Richard joke. (laughs) That's a good one. Well, you know, the man doesn't age. Seriously, in all seriousness. So I said, I tried to get the courtesy laugh out. That's a good one. I think there is actually no need to laugh. That's like one of the biggest (laughs) unanswered questions in my mind right now. Like, what's um, the deal with Richard? But what, see, again, why is Richard singled out? Uh, maybe. Just like, why are some people singled Well, okay, Locke's the conduit, so that's why he's singled out, because people that are near him. So maybe if you hang out around Richard... You don't age. <laughs> Richard, can you come over tomorrow? You know Dude, I've come over to your house for the last hundred years. Yeah, that's the point. Well, I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> Richard would be one of the first inhabitants of the island... And maybe they don't age. I'd like to see if Richard gets in an accident, what happens? Does he heal? I don't think he could heal. This isn't heroes or anything. That's... What if him and Locke hang out together? Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be a very great Both. friendship, you know? <laughs> yeah. The dynamic duo. They don't age. They can heal very well. That Shoot each good. other. For, they could play, you know, uh, Russian roulette every day. No, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. That, That's kind of morbid. Anyway. I don't think that would work at all, Chris. That's, uh, Oh, anyway, uh, Molten Panther points out another smaller reason that Luck is a conduit just like Isaac is because they're both bald, and everybody knows older bald men have mystical powers. <laughs> Guess I don't have mystical powers. Oh, you'll get there, Chris. It's <laughs> You do, though. Oh, no, I, I, I have ab- absolutely no mystical powers. <laughs> well, uh, we also got a response from... Just Jimmy. From Jimmy? Just Jimmy. JJ. Very funny. First of all, Just Jimmy states by saying he is a lost scholar. He loves to research the show, its claims, its mythology and ideals. So here's his take on the healing properties. He goes on to explain that it's proven that humans contain a substance which is known as magnetite. Magnetite is a, uh, a an element that researchers have found near the brain. Huh. And it's near the all-important magnetically sensitive pineal gland. Chris, what is the pineal gland? <laughs> the pineal gland secretes hormones affecting the entire body. Gee golly, Chris, thanks. <laughs> uh, just Jimmy continues and says, Magnetism is now being especially effective in treating... Spinal cord injuries. Uh, that is Locke. Hmm. So say Locke has a lot of magnetite. Uh, I don't know how he got healed. <laughs> but, um, he also goes on to say that... Uh, now, this is kind of funny. It's very we- weird. Researchers have successfully... Okay, now, don't, don't back out on me. They have successfully levitated a frog using... 
the magnetic field. I hear a lot of people laughing out there. Oh, really? I don't hear much laughing. <laughs> but we're looking right now at a, a video on YouTube. Chris is watching the YouTube video right now. He's had it looped since we started the show, actually. He can't turn away. It almost looks like the uh, Hanso video, like experimentation on it, animals. It does look like it might be part of the orientation film. Uh, it would fit in there very well. Even looking up on Wikipedia, there is an article about magnetic levitation. So it is proven that some things can be levitated with the use of magnets. And when I was looking this up to verify what just Jimmy said, because he's the scholar. Oh, yes, of course. Um, I also ran across an article that talks about uh, the effects of magnetic fields. And one of the questions is, does a magnet slow time? Huh. Well, that's uh, pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. And that's... Uh, Mulled over by Stephen Hawking. And Hawking's a character in the movie, right? In the show. In the show, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Lost the movie! <laughs> Lost the major motion picture coming to theaters this fall. But the effects of a magnetic field um, are many, and I won't go into those. But that was just interesting to, to see if a magnet actually slows time. So maybe with healing properties and the time warp thing... The strong magnetic field could offer an answer. To everything. To most things. Okay, most about, everything on the show. Don't know about Jacob. How do magnets explain Jacob? Anyway, he also says that um, we know the island has an enormous magnetic field because it brought the plane down. Whether it's generated or contained by pushing the button, we know it's there. The magnetic field, theoretically, could also produce holes in the fabric of time itself. Magnetism therapy has been around for thousands of years, and he thinks it's paramount to the healing properties of the island, time travel, and the smoke monster. Since about everything. Of all things on the island. Hmm. He is theorizing that maybe Walt, Locke, and even Ben and Jacob have an intense magnetic field which is the same pole as the islands. You know, now, I was reading about magnetite. Magnetite, if we have it in the body, gives the, a person a sense of knowing which way is north and south. Really? Yeah, you know, you, in the dark, no sun, no moss on the tree. <laughs> you just know which way is north because of the magnetic magnetic field. So I guess when your body feels that and you're aligned, you know... Good things happen. You're giving out good vibrations. Okay, um... Oh, Chris. And maybe this box that we're grants gonna, wishes... Gonna, I'm sorry, we're going to have to totally pay for that song now. Hey! The box that grants wishes is a field isolation chamber that harnesses and magnifies your own magnetic properties. Hmm. He thinks he's getting into some stuff that's uh, hero-esque, just like you mentioned. But that's his thoughts. Likes the show and hope we enjoyed his theory. All right. That's an in-depth theory. That is a very well-fleshed-out theory. I bet that came from someone who uh, researches the show's claims and ideals. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, maybe a scholar of sorts, I would assume. Well, speaking of uh, when Just Jimmy said that magnetic field could also produce holes in the fabric of time... One of our last responses to the question of the week has to do with holes in time. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear this one. Oh, this is a good one. 
And now this is the answer to end it all about the island's healing properties. Okay, the more this person types, the more he comes up with. Here we go. Who is this person? This is from... Did I send it in? Did you get my email, Chris? (laughs) Is this yours? Great job, Brian. No, I don't think it is. Basically, says Lock on Wood. Lock on Wood, a.k.a. L-Dub. The island is connected to a wormhole. See, there's, there's, the, uh, there's the hole in the fabric of time. All right. The island is connected to a wormhole that allows it to exist in two planes of existence at the same time. I'm intrigued. Continue. Now, do you think we lost a lot of listeners there? Because that sounds like Twilight Zone. I love the Twilight Zone. I like Twilight Zone. It's a good show. I think people... Remember the one where it was a cookbook at the end? Major spoiler, anybody? (laughs) Uh, The island exists in two planes of existence at the same time. Earth and somewhere else. Huh. It could be another universe, another part of our universe, or a different dimension. Doesn't really matter which. But the physics of this other place is different enough from ours to have some interesting effects. So that looks like I have an explanation for the weird things that go on on the island. And one of these effects is speedy healing. And even immortality. Wow. Uh, Lock on Wood thinks that Richard and the original others were sailing on the Black Rock. So you think Jacob was the slave ship captain? Uh, No, I don't think so. Really? Okay. Richard and the others were sailing on the Black Rock and found the island during one of their slave runs. They accidentally entered the wormhole, and they ended up in the other place. That's where the others come from. Um, There, they met Jacob, who traveled back to the island with them. The wormhole deposited the ship in the middle of the island. Well, there's an explanation for the ship in the middle of the island. That's great. The wormhole just dropping it. Bloop! Bloop! Um, those friendly to Jacob were granted immortality. For example, Richard. Hmm. And the others adopted additional members to their group who also were given immortality. He says, for example, Patch. Oh, of <laughs> course. That makes perfect sense now. Uh, he's saying that Patch is um, still alive. I don't know. Now, if he's in tune with these healing properties, we've seen that. He's, you know, gotten the harpoon through the chest. He's got the sonic barrier shake. Yeah, that's... Uh, he got something else, too, didn't he? He, he got beaten by luck pretty badly. I don't know yeah. if he got that as, like, a near-death thing. But now he's got the grenade. If he survives that, there's probably lots of little patches around the island now. <laughs> uh L-Dub, or Lock on Wood, continues and says, Ben was added to the group and eventually usurped control of the group from Jacob. However, Jacob still holds the powers of immortality and healing, and he withheld it from Ben and those loyal to Ben. Therefore, Ben got cancer. Mikael was kind of a double agent of sorts and therefore retained the power to heal quickly quickly enough to avoid death in most situations. There we go. I don't think the grenade thing would I don't really think work. he thinks he's alive. Jacob patrols the island mentally through the smoke monster. So then Jacob and the smoke monster came from the other dimension. 
right? Yes. If that's what That is saying. what the theory says. Uh, Locke on Wood ends by saying this is how he contacted Locke, granted his healing protection to the lost aways. So in short, if Jacob perceived you as an ally, you can heal quickly. If not, you get cancer. Wow. <laughs> that was another great cue of the W answer. That's extensive, but that's uh, that's really good. It kind of makes me think that uh, I'm going to sit down and watch that on the show. That that could actually be plausible. Do you think that could actually happen? It's kind of like... No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, great fake out there. I... <laughs> You threw me out for a loop, but um, no, it was written well enough that I think it sounds like it could actually be yeah, a show. It was well written, and the thing about that was he kind of wrote that in, <clears throat> and he wrote that in for this cube the W. But in the process, he kind of answered like every other cube the W we've ever done. <laughs> like, how'd the Black Rock in the middle of the island? Oh, okay, the wormhole. Uh, why doesn't Richard age? Oh, of course, the immortality what about thing. Time? And, what about Jacob? He's yeah, got it all. Of course, Jacob the Black Smoke Monster. Wow, uh, that was just incredible. Great work. That's that's a good answer, but again, I'm wondering if something like this actually comes to pass on the show, how many people will say, oh man, I've watched it for all these years and that's what I get? I hope they won't be disappointed. Well, I mean, if, they do, if, it does, if it does play out like that, I have complete trust in the writers that they can do it in a way in which everybody, even the casuals, can enjoy I think so. Oh, I, I hate the way I call them the casuals. The so much ca- deroga- derogatory, really. <laughs> the casuals. Oh, yeah, the casuals. That's a good one. Well, good answers, everyone. Oh, yeah, and appreciate uh, you sending them in. Big thank you to everyone who wrote in. Very well thought out, and uh, many of them very, very plausible. Indeed. I don't have any better explanation. Did you have a submission? No, I didn't really. You didn't write that? I, you know what I do have is next week's Q of the W. All right. Well, then let's end by giving next week's Q of the W. All right. Uh, Very simple question this week. What are the whispers? That's it. Wow. What are they? What's your theory? What do you think? Have any thoughts on them? That kind of gets me talking and thinking. (laughs) All right. The whispers. It's a good question. That is a good question. There's a lot I, to talk about I, there. I cannot believe we haven't done that one yet. No, you were saving that one. I actually did save that one for a rainy day today where I didn't come up with anything else. But The whispers are just as mysterious as the smoke monster and the healing properties. It is one of the big unanswered questions out there. So if you have an answer, uh, shoot us an email, lostunlocked at gmail.com. That is lostunlocked at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to seeing some of those answers. Oh, we should have some good ones. Some good ones. Because I can actually sit back and think, okay, healing powers, okay, smoke. But I don't think I have a single clue on the whispers. You know what? If anybody can come up with some great things, I think the listeners will definitely deliver on this one. I'm sure they will. I could probably sit and think of something that might be remotely possible, but maybe it's I didn't have enough uh, sugar today. That could be it. Uh, Maybe so. (laughs) Anyway, we'll look forward to the answers as you submit them. And again, thanks for submitting those. Well, you know who we're going to talk about next, don't you? Oh, let's see. News, right? We're going to move on to news. We're going to talk about... (laughs) 
can't get up there. That's luck. All right. Oh. Well, okay. I guess I'm ready. You ready for what? For luck. Wow, that just comes out of nowhere. How does it know that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that could be Q of the W. Well, lock. Oh, stop that. <laughs> what a guy. It's, he's, uh, he's really hard to, to uh, put in a nutshell. He's such a great character. Like I said earlier, I think most people that watch the show have an interest in Locke. I don't think there's anyone out there who doesn't like him. You know, there's people, you know, I've heard that don't like actor or character like Nicky Impalo. You know, I did read an internet rumor that people didn't like them. What? Could not believe it. Uh, I've heard Com- of people not liking Sawyer, Kate, Jack. Oh, come on. Who would not like any well, of those they, characters? Not to say they go around saying, I don't like, it's just their favorite character is not one of them. You know? But most everyone's top two or three character includes Locke. Wow, bold so, statement from Chris. So there will inevitably be something about Locke we will not cover in Locktober podcast. Well, you know, that's the thing about Locke. Looking back at everything that Locke's been through on the show, Locke is maybe maybe the one character, one of the only characters that's kind of like in the middle of anything that ever happens on the island. Locke was there. You know, some characters you might go a couple of episodes wonder, eh, well, where's Hurley been? We haven't seen him <laughs> for a while, you know? Right. Well, what about Claire? No, not Locke. You always know where Locke's at. Locke is always doing something incredibly important. That's why the show, he's just a central character. The show revolves around him. You know, you know I and heard they're going to call it Locke originally. You know? Instead of Lost. <laughs> Locke. That, that could be the spinoff. Okay, well, pulling up the character spotlight here on the character that is named Jonathan Locke. John for short. Uh, played by the actor Terry O'Quinn. The great Terry O'Quinn. Could you imagine if Locke was played by somebody else? At this point, no. You know, sometimes when you get an actor that's locked in to a character, it's really hard to imagine someone else. And I got to thinking, kind of like, uh, you know, the shows like Bewitched. Oh, wow. Where you have Darren from the early years and Darren from the later years. Oh, yeah, the two Darrens. <laughs> like, who, who's that guy? It's the new Darren. Can't Samantha see that that's not Darren? And uh, you you know some I, other shows? I, it sounds like that? you've had some like traumatic childhood experience <laughs> watching Bewitched. It was, it's, it's just like you watch it and then like one week, no, that's not Darren. Oh, come of, on. It's kind of like Dukes of Hazard. Well, you they, saw uh, Bo and Luke's cousins? Yeah, I didn't ever watch too much of them Duke boys, but... Uh, really? Yeah, I, I, I heard they actually wrote that in, though. They, they were actually new characters. Right, they were new characters, but why did they take out Bo and Luke? They, Probably they looked like Bo and Luke. It was just, to me, a cheap ripoff. And they, did they like have names that kind of sounded like Bo and Luke, like Joe and Duke? <laughs> His name would be Duke Duke. Yes, and they were similar. I won't go into that, because my point here is... Uh, Chris, his lifelong else, dream, you know, have that Dukes of Hazard podcast. We can make it happen, Chris. Okay, if someone were to play Locke, do you think you could pull someone out of your mind Out of right my mind now? right now? Mm-hmm. James Earl Jones. <laughs> what about Jim Carrey? Uh, Christopher Walken. I think... I am John Locke. <laughs> oh, that was Shatner. Never mind. 
here here's my portrayal of the character John Locke. Okay. It would be done by none other than Alan Hale. Hmm, who who is that? Chris Skipper. Oh, really? The Skipper from <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this, now this ties into your grand uh, Gilgan's Island theory that I <laughs> yeah. not even I'm not even gonna give you an opening to go into at this point. I wasn't really hitting that point, but I know you. We usually perceive Alan Hale as the skipper, as the jolly old, you know, happy-go-lucky skipper. But I think if you put him in this role, he could do a good job because he played skipper very well. You know, he's pretty pretty old right now, isn't he? He's, he's not alive. Okay. Yeah. Well, you... But anyway, we're here to talk about Locke instead of uh, Alan Hale and Jim Carrey and James Earl Jones. <laughs> Nicknames for John Locke have been John and Locke. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah, and uh, Mr. Well, Clean. Mr. Clean, yeah. <laughs> Nicknamed by Sawyer. Uh, Desmond called him Boxman. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, fans call him Man of Faith. Oh, do we? Uh, I We have... Oh, okay. A man of science? I, I've never actually referred to him as man of faith, but... <laughs> well, no, but that's just an overall persona, the man of faith. He was born, the character was born, in 1956. So, on the island, that makes him 48 years old. If he uh, was alive in 2007, that'd make him 51. Hmm. Let's see, we're going by island time. Oh, time course. goes slower. <laughs> he's 48 years old um, he's from Tustin, California and we know that he was a survivor of Oceanic Flight 815 and he was returning from Australia after being denied participation in a walkabout tour because of his wheelchair however he quickly earned the respect on the island by becoming a provider and later became infatuated with keeping everyone on the island <laughs> that's the overall view of of Locke. Wow. That was the... Was that the spotlight? Did 45 you, seconds. Did you just do it right there? Yeah, that's it. That's over. Wow, it's been a great Locktober, everyone. <laughs> I can't wait to see you next year. Locke's hard to outline. Because I said there's so many different sides. So I think the best way to, to address it is... Um, I've got a few notes here on his backstory. And then Locke is known also... Uh, season 1 Locke, Season 2 Locke, Season 3... You know, very different roles he seems to be developing. And each season you see a different side of this development. So in his backstory, uh, we know that poor old Locke was abandoned as a young child to grow up in several foster homes. And his mother claims he was immaculately conceived. However, because uh, Locke's mom made that claim, Locke then hired a PI to find... um, his mom, or to find out that his mom had psychiatric problems. And the PI also found info on Locke's dad. Shouldn't have done that, Locke. (laughs) And um, Locke decides to meet his father. So they start to bond when he sees his dad on dialysis. You know, they have good father-son time together. Oh, yeah, they go hunting a few times. Do you think that's where he... Learned his hunting skills? I think that's where he picked up a good deal of it, maybe. Tracking and whatnot. You don't think that was done earlier in his childhood? Well, maybe. I don't know. How how many times did him and his dad go hunting? Off the top of my head, eight. 
<laughs> wow. Eight time. What are we hunting today, Dad? Squirrel. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, anyway, they they start to bond, and um, when Locke shows up and sees his dad on dialysis one day, Locke decides to donate his kidney. Now, it's funny through the course of Locke's whole character. When Locke makes a decision that he thinks is his own, he's actually doing it at the trickery of someone else. He's a pawn. That's oh. why he's, I that think that's why he's really big on his destiny. Oh, Locke's not a pawn, Chris. He, Locke is the key. He uh, used to say it all the he time. He was a pawn. Okay. I'm saying he thinks he has destiny on the island. He's, he's away from all these bad situations. But he makes the decision to donate the kidney, and he sees this as an act of fate. You know, fate brought us together, Dad. And it's really wild. It's about the only time you see Locke smile, you know. He's hanging out with Dad. He's smiling. Well, well there was that one time he was eating an orange. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was trying to creep someone out, wasn't he? I don't think he was trying to creep someone <laughs> out. Wow. That's... Well, when he donates his kidney, he awakes in the hospital to find that Dad has vanished. Gone. And Mom admits the whole encounter was planned by his dad, and she was paid also. Because of this situation, he was driven by anger, and he stalks his dad. That's not a good thing. Locke becomes obsessed with stalking dad and has to join an anger management group where he meets... Helen. Helen. Uh, While Locke continues to obsess, Helen makes him choose between her... And his dad. Helen knows that Locke is obsessing over this. It's like, you gotta let it go. Let it go. Don't let people tell you what you can and can't do. <laughs> However, when Locke assisted his dad with a con, and I can't believe Locke did this. Well, you know, he, he kind of look. You gotta look at it from his point of view at that time. I mean, I think he really did just get the man out of his life, really. I mean, he was confronted with the situation. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was really happy. He was about to propose to Helen. Things were really going well for old Johnny. And then, you know, his dad comes back into his life again to ruin everything. Well, he, he, he offers to help dad in this con where he gets some money. And uh, his dad offers him $200,000. A con where he, his dad faked his own death. And over this, Helen decides to leave Locke. Just you know, he just can't get him out of his system. Uh, so Helen leaves. That's the end of Helen. And you know, you might say it better, Brian, about how you think the writers may have written in opportunities for us to think that Locke was crippled. Oh well, uh, yeah. Ways. It's like every every moment after the big reveal of Locke in the wheelchair. Which, you know, of course, is why we all love the show. It's like every luck flashback after that, it almost feels like they're trying to fake you out with like, okay, how did... <laughs> how did you, I, I, I know he's in a wheelchair. How did it happen? How did he get in this wheelchair? You see Locke chase, chasing his mother through a parking lot. A car backs up and hits him. And you think, okay, that's the moment. That is how it happened. <laughs> but he gets up, walks away. It's like, okay, may, maybe not. And he's involved in this con with his dad. And these guys come in. They're threatening him. It's like, okay, they're nope. gonna they're, they're gonna, gonna do something to him. They're gonna they're gonna cripple him. That's how it's gonna happen. But no. Oh, that's not the way he got handicapped. It it feels like they kind of played that game for a while. But 
You think that was unintentional? I, 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 I don't know if it was intentional. I think it was really... I don't know if anybody else really felt that way besides me. I think it was... I did. I think everyone was looking for the reason why Locke was in a wheelchair. But do you think they you know, intentionally set up those moments for you to think, okay, that's how it happened, and then... Maybe not. Maybe it's just the anticipation. I think you know the fans were just so eager to find out how it happened. I think so. And um, after Helen leaves Locke, he joins a commune where we have farmers growing marijuana. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> how can you forget that? And another undercover policeman is in on the operation. And Locke decides to help, you know, this commune of farmers out by taking this undercover policeman out hunting. Uh-oh. And points a gun at him. Now, at that moment, you think Locke was going to kill that dude? At that moment, I was afraid that he would. While they were standing there and Locke had the gun pointed, they commenced negotiating, and he didn't shoot. And that was that. We really don't know what happened afterwards. How Locke escaped? Did the commune get convicted? Hmm. Did the police officer run and thank him for his life? I think there's more backstory there. Do you think we'll have another flashback? I think so. But you're big on the whole all flash forwards (laughs) idea. (laughs) Oh, maybe we'll have a flash forward then. The cop has joined the commune. And has become a millionaire. I don't know if we'll ever see that, but it could happen. Well, Locke went into a deep state of depression. And um, because, see, his his commune is gone. His dad left him. His girlfriend, who he's going to propose to, left him. And he meets some kid whose mom happens to be marrying Locke's dad. So in an apartment, Locke meets up with dad, threatens him that he's going to call this lady, warn her that she's about to be scammed, decides to call the lady right there in front of his dad. (sighs) When we find out, that's why Locke can't walk. Dad pushes him out the old glass window eight stories up, and he's paralyzed from the waist down. Hmm. That's quite a scene. Yeah. yeah, I think my heart was, you know, jumping when I saw that. (gasps) That was was a really intense scene. You remember, though, the kid that knocked on Locke's door? Um, he died too, didn't he? And he also pinned the death on his father, but his father's saying he had nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah, that's He's saying, true. Oh, that was, you know, that was a bona fide death, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, Dad. Uh, refusing to accept his condition of being paralyzed, Locke being the person he is, plans to go on a walkabout tour in Australia where he was turned down. That's his backstory so far. That's true. We might learn a little bit more as we go on. It's a sad story. It is a tragedy. (laughs) However... There were far too many teary moments. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! This is destiny. This is destiny. This is is my destiny. I'm supposed to do this, damn it! Don't tell me what I can't do! Season 1, uh, if you were to sum up Locke in Season 1, we find that upon surviving the plane crash, Locke finds out he can walk. He becomes this man of faith as well as a hunter and a tracker. You think he's living out what he always wanted to do? No, oh, yeah, definitely. That's no doubt in my mind that that's what he's doing. Because he becomes respected, and no one knows he couldn't walk. 
you know, that he was in the office in a wheelchair and people poked fun at him. <laughs> no, when as He's soon playing, as he crashed on that island, there's a blank slate. He was free to be whoever he wanted to be. I think when he landed on the island and he felt his legs, could move his legs, and he kind of walked gingerly and then started helping and running and walking around, he had a whole different view of where this place was. I think instantly he didn't want to leave. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, while hunting on the island, he's hunting boar, he meets up with the monster. And Locke thus far is the only person to describe the monster as a white light. Yeah, that is true. There's so, rumor that there's two monsters. There is a theory out there that there are, in fact, two from uh, L-Dub. But I'm thinking it's the same monster. Do you? Yeah. I, I could see it going either way, maybe. See, Echo described it as something that was horrible. Well, we saw what Echo saw. It this uh, cloud of black smoke Yeah. that we've seen many times since. Well, with... Um with Locke seeing the monster as a white light. Later on in Season 1, Charlie and Claire go missing, but Locke and Boone are out in the jungle looking for Charlie and Claire when Locke tosses a flashlight to Boone, and the flashlight happens to land on the hatch, which turns around the rest of the season, and all of Season 2. The hatch plays a major role. Uh... A vision actually foretold the discovery of the Beechcraft airplane and Boone's death. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember it very well. Locke seems to have these visions. Do you think it's Jacob communicating with him on what's going to happen or what he wants him to do? I don't know if it's Jacob uh, specifically. It, they, they, the visions are definitely from the island. Right. Uh, beyond, beyond that, I, I can't really tell you much more. If the smoke monster is a manifestation of Jacob, well, then that's, you know, the line of communication. Well, that's not confirmed yet. Okay. <laughs> well, um, Locke continues uh, trying to break into the hatch um, after Boone died. Um, and we see that Locke was seized by the monster. Now, this is a moment where we see one of two, because the monster seized Echo... And it also seized Locke. Has it picked anyone else up? I don't believe so. Uh, Bernard was up in a tree, no, wait, but he landed there. Oh, it picked up the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah. Yes. Killed him. So Locke, thus far, has been the only person that hasn't been killed by the monster. However, Kate threw some explosives down a hole, and the black smoke let Locke go. But Locke then kind of questioned why Jack didn't allow the monster to pull him in, saying that it wouldn't hurt him. Uh, you just wonder what Locke saw, and how did he know this? He's acting on a, on a lot of, I don't know, his internal uh, gut a lot of faith. instinct, I guess. Well, with the help of Jack and Kate and Hurley and Russo, they blow the cover off the hatch. And we end season one with Jack and Locke looking down the hatch. In the and, tiny little manhole. And it was quite a long wait until we <laughs> finally got to season two. But what a season opener! Remember oh, that? Oh, with uh, Desmondo? Yeah, with oh. Desmond. Oh, yeah, great. Never going to forget that one. Which, every season opener leads you wondering how they're going to open this upcoming season. Just can't wait. I don't know. I have a few theories, but it's not really the time. 
Upon learning about the hatch, Locke seemed to have taken charge over entering the numbers. Rousseau snagged Henry Gale in one of her traps, and the old H.G. is imprisoned in the hatch. So now we have Henry Gale in the hatch and Locke faithfully entering the numbers. So we have some interaction between H.G. and Locke, and also Jack, because Ben notices some leadership conflicts between Locke and Jack. And he really plays off this. We start to see what a great character Ben is. Now, we really don't know the depth of Ben until we find out he is with the others. But he plays up Locke really good. Locke was taking up for H.G. You know, he believed that H.G. was not one of the others, initially. And even called on his help during lockdown, where he saw the blast map door. You remember this moment? Henry! Henry! Please say something. Oh, the map. <laughs> wow. He trusted Henry to press the buttons. And everything was locked down, and he sees the map. There's just so much things going on in that episode. You're like, whoa, quick, get the camera, get a picture of the map on the TV. We we tried to do that, didn't we? We actually (laughs) did do that. (laughs) Uh, During that moment, though, his faith is challenged because Henry Gale said he didn't press the button. Yeah. Still not sure about that. Still, after a season and a half later, what did what did he really have to gain by lying to Luck in that situation? It's like, yeah, I I saw the clock. I didn't push the button. Nothing happened. Was he setting Luck up to not push the button? (laughs) And what 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 would he have to gain from Luck not pushing the button? Well, immediately during the rest of the season, we see that what he had to gain by telling Luck not to press the button is that when the fake HG escaped with Michael was gone, then Echo steps in and makes Locke take him to the question mark, the pearl, where they see a film that says that pushing the button is nothing more than a psychological experiment. So at that point, I think Locke is thinking, oh, Ben might have been telling the truth. So see, he starts to lose faith in himself, and now he's trusting Ben. So we see a shift there in season two. That's Incredible. But um, Locke triggers a lockdown in the hatch to test this theory. And Echo's locked out. And he doesn't push the button. And uh, Desmond realizes that while Locke's not pressing the button, um, that uh, the plane came down because Desmond failed to push the button at one time. And he's looking at the paperwork saying, No, look, look, I didn't press the button. That's the reason the plane came down. And Locke's answer to that was throwing the computer on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then forcing Desmond to go un- under the floor and turn the fail-safe key. Yeah. And the hatch implodes. And the end of Season 2 ends with Locke saying, I was wrong! <laughs> Locke then realizes he was wrong. And he starts to become the Locke we all know and love in Season 3. 
Locke was again reignited knowing he made a mistake in season two. So season three, Locke kind of like begins the, the whole clean slate. You know, season one, he's doing weird things. He's hitting Saeed in the head. He's, you know, telling Boone not to tell the others of the hatch. Ties him up and puts paste on his head. He's like, doing weird stuff. Season two, it's like he's losing faith. And at the end of the season, he finally realizes he's wrong. And then we have season three. Season three. Which is like the return of classic classic Locke. Locke is back! That wasn't a good Locke is back sound. <laughs> um, with Saeed, Desmond, Nikki, and Paolo. Uh, uh, boo. That's where we see them. Locke goes searching for Echo after the implosion of the hatch. And they end up visiting the Pearl, where they see a man with a patch on one of the monitors. We see Mikael. And it's funny, I remember when we saw that moment, and we see the guy with the patch looking in there, and then the monitor goes off, like he saw them looking. Yeah. Locks, I think Locke says, uh, he'll be expecting us now. Yeah, it's like, I guess he'll be expecting <laughs> <Yeah>. us. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, why do you say that? Locke just know he's going on his intuition again. He's moving ahead. He's becoming the guy he should have been in season one. Um, when they are in the Pearl, they hear the monster, and it's attacking Echo. And he dies in Locke's arms. And, just, and his ah, final words were, you're next. You're next. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Now, I think Echo didn't know the relationship of the monster with Locke. And maybe he's assuming since the monster killed me, it's going to kill you guys. Or do you think the monster told him that? I'm going to kill the rest of them. <laughs> no, I'm going to shoot that one down right now. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I think he was talking about the rest of the survivors in general. Everybody, you're next. Beware. You think? Well, Locke doesn't let it bother him, because when they bury Echo, they put the stick there in his grave, and Echo, I mean, Locke looks at his stick and sees the scripture, John 3, 5, which says, lift up your eyes and look north. So he sees uh, just the way the light hit it, magically. Yeah. Lift up your eyes and look north, John. That's and, what he sees. And of course, now, he, John heads north at a bearing of 305. Oh, yes. Brilliant. John 3, 5. Excellent. And what does he find when he heads north? They find none other than the flame. He finds the flame where he saw the patch guy who he said, guess he'll be expecting us. And they meet Mikael. Once they get into the flame, Locke decides to take it easy and play a game of chess. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's, that's how I like to relax in well, my free time. Why couldn't he play some Risk? Uh, He'd done that in his past, hadn't he? Oh, yeah. Back in uh, Walkabout. I believe, but... With the army army dudes? I don't know if uh, Risk really lends itself well to a PC game, but... No, uh, okay. Oh, well, maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not really experienced like, in the field of Risk. You're referencing the PC he played chess on? Yes. Ah. Well, he played chess, and he beats the computer, if he's playing the computer. And he enters 7-7 because of video footage that plays after he wins, and warns of hostile infiltration. And so he enters 7-7, and they all leave the facility, and it blows up. Locke seems to have a fetish for blowing things up in Season 3. 
After they leave the flame, see, also, this is the point where Saeed and Russo and all the others start to lose a little trust with Locke, because he's almost calling the shots. Saeed didn't want him blowing up the flame. They could have used it. <laughs> and uh, he didn't want uh, Locke pushing Mikael through the sonic <laughs> fence barrier either. But he did. Which is what they ran into once they left the flame. The sonic barrier. As they cross over the sonic barrier and approach Otherville, Locke decides to search out Ben on his own. And while he finds Ben, he asks him where the submarine is. I didn't expect that. That just came out of the blue. Oh yeah, that was definitely a shocking moment. It's like the submarine? Why does he want that? He thought, does he want to leave? Is he wanting to? But no, he he had other plans. He destroyed it. <laughs> he blew it up again, no, just yeah. like the flame. With the uh, C4 that he took from the flame. Yeah, Saeed was mad about that. <laughs> yeah, I like the Lux explanation, too. It's like, oh, you never know when you might need a little C4. <laughs> yeah. uh, but oddly enough, all of this seems to have been the wishes of Ben. Because you notice how Ben plays that up? You know, oh, I need the submarine. <laughs> the people trust me. Oh, John, please. And he destroys it. It's like, uh, see, you see the deviousness of Ben. And Locke just seems to be falling prey to it. But he's really not. Um, all this seems to have been at the bidding of Ben. And also Richard. Because Richard's there talking to Ben, too. They're kind of, you know, buddy-buddy. And Ben and Richard take Locke to some door where he talks about Locke's special relationship with the island and says, uh, you know, Locke, I think you destroyed the sub because this island is the one place that your father could never come to. You don't like your father, do you? Blah, 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 blah. It's all to get away from your father. (laughs) It's like, whoa. And, um... Let's see what's behind door number two. And he opens the door, and what does Locke see? <laughs> oh, it's my dad. <laughs> it's Anthony Cooper. The dad is bound and gagged in a wheelchair. Really, a wheelchair? That's what I read. Oh, wow. I can't believe I didn't catch that. I, I know. I'm so ashamed that that is actually... <laughs> play the losing sound again? No. Bump, bump, okay. <laughs> uh, I feel enough shame at this moment. Yeah, well... I feel the adequate amount of shame. No more shame is needed. Here is um, when Locke went to the barracks. Here's a recap of that great moment. Was it immediate? It started the moment you got here? Yeah. And you were just walking. The feeling returned right after the crash. That day. That's what immediate means, Ben. You're wondering why it hasn't happened for you. You're not recovering as fast as you'd like. How long's it been since Jack fixed you? A week? Now that I think about it, how did you get sick in the first place? Are you afraid it'll go away, John? Is that why you want to destroy the submarine? Because you know if you ever leave this island, you'll be back in the chair? Ooh. He plays that really good. Oh, yeah. Powerful scene. However, this push, you know, and then Locke sees his dad. 
really brings some tension into the show. It's like Locke has to deal with all the stuff he's been trying to run from. Locke goes with Ben and Richard and the others to some ruins, which I'm not quite sure what those were ruins of. Uh, But that's where Anthony Cooper is tied to a big pillar. And Ben and uh, others are saying he has to kill his father. They've waited for him for a long time. And all the, quote, others are like, Oh, Locke, Locke. Ben's like introducing him as the new leader. Kind of like Moses and Aaron, you know, leading the... uh, It it was pretty reminiscent of that. uh, Very strange. However, the father's, you know, put up on the podium for everyone to see. And he's supposed to kill his father in front of everyone? It's rather strange. It's almost like a cult. You know, some kind of cult. We know I have brought that up before. You remember the uh, the funeral in which they were all white? Right. That's uh, kind of cult-esque. That was a bit cult-esque. Cult-ish. Uh, Locke's not going to do it, though. He, You know, you think, oh, here's the chance. he's He can kill his father, get revenge. But he doesn't. Ben seems to push him further by saying, you know, I'll reveal the island's secrets if you do this. But Locke still can't do it. So then Ben decides to exploit the lack of Locke's ability to perform, to be the leader. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ben definitely set him up to fail in that situation. Uh, Definitely. He then turns to everybody, "Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) He's not who we thought he was. Yeah, that's what he said. Not who we thought he was. Who'd they think he was? Ben must have made an announcement. Attention! There's a guy coming to the island. You know, it's in the other's <laughs> newsletter that they distribute every week. <laughs> the other's gazette. <laughs> this week in the cafeteria at the barracks, we're serving... <laughs> uh, vanilla pudding, bread, boar, and milk. No milk. <laughs> oh. Well, Locke can't do it and leaves, and you think, oh, what's going to happen now? Well, Richard kind of shines through. He gives Locke some files. Now, that's kind of like the first moment where you kind of see Richard not really seeing eye to eye with Ben. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah, Ben, he's he's not really focusing on what matters. He's all stuck on this, you know, you know, fertility thing. There are more important things to worry about, John, and he kind of... Yeah, me and Ben got together, you know, when, when Ben was just a kid, and, and I pulled a little uh, visual trick on him thinking I was his mom, you know, but that's over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're so done. <laughs> we're done with that. Uh, look, here's some files on one of the survivors. I think you'll find these interesting. And, of course, we know later whose files those were. No, yes. None other than James Ford. So he takes advantage of the files, and that really gives him fuel, you know, for an alternative way to have Anthony Cooper killed. Now, what... Why See, there's questions there. Why does Ben want Anthony Cooper killed? Why does he want Locke to do it? What's all this have to do with being a leader of the others? There's a lot under here, underlying, that we're missing. Well, I don't think that Ben actually wanted Locke to kill his dad, right? You he, think he's just using it to exploit the fact? I just, I just think that was like, like the one thing that Ben knew that Locke would not be able to do. I mean, even after, you know, the men stole his kidney, pushed him out of a window, ruined his life... Yeah. You know, Locke, you know, he still couldn't, he couldn't, wouldn't be able to bring himself to kill his own father. He does seem to know more about Locke than Locke himself. So maybe he knew it wouldn't be done. 
but it's oh, Ben's just that powerful. He's better than Anthony Cooper. He's the best con man of all. <laughs> he is quite a con man. Well, Locke then does take Anthony Cooper. Don't know how. We don't see that. To the Black Rock. And he's in the boat. And he meets up with Sawyer. And says, hey, I've got Ben captive. Want to kill him? (laughs) (laughs) And he gets Sawyer to come to the Black Rock. And when he opens the door and pushes Sawyer in the room and closes the door and locks it, it's not Ben. It's Anthony Cooper. Of course, Sawyer's wanting out immediately, thinking, who is this? They start talking, and in one of the most powerful scenes that we talked about before... No, we talk about it all the time. We find that Sawyer, James Ford, realizes he's talking to the real Sawyer, and pulls out his letter. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. Well, when Sawyer... Finally, let's rage, get the best of him, and he kills Anthony Cooper. Locke says, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Locke, Locke actually thanks him. Yeah. Uh, thank you. For yeah. killing the man that ruined both our lives. Both of our lives. Both of our lives. Now, Locke hasn't really seen Sawyer since that moment. Now, how, how do you think the hmm. dynamic between the two of them will change now that... Well, I they think kind of have this connection. The dynamic of Sawyer has already changed because he's almost taken a leadership role. He doesn't seem to be using the nicknames or the derogatory remarks. They're in a situation now that you would think he wouldn't do that, but we've seen in the past it doesn't matter what situation Sawyer's in, he's derogatory, what you know, whatever. But he's not. I think it's changed. And maybe Locke helped him see the light of day or helped him fulfill, you know, what ruined his life. Kind of like the same with Locke. It's almost like two stories wrapped up into, you know, one cliffhanger. It's very well done. Locke returns with the body of his dad, although Ben doesn't know who killed him. His dad is dead, and he demands to see Jacob. And so Ben takes Locke to see... The Strange Being. And, um... After they have this strange encounter with... Help me! (laughs) Uh, Locke gets freaked out. And they run to a grave site... Where all the bodies of those who were killed during the purge... Are... Are, uh, rotting away. He shoots Locke. And is asking what Jacob said to him. And once Locke tells him, Ben leaves him there to die. We thought he was going to die. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I do. I do. I I think we came into podcast and you were just like, I don't like where this is going. And you couldn't even talk. I I could not podcast that week. That's true. We did have to delay that. Well, Locke then, when it comes back, we see that he's about to shoot himself. We're like, no, don't do it. When good old Walt appears and says he has work to do. So then Locke gets up and appears at the radio tower and throws a knife at Naomi. (laughs) Hunting skills are back. Locke from season one returns. He's there again. The knife throwing is back. Uh, He's wanting to stop the call to the freighter to get off the island. Again, it seems like he's holding people on the island. 
And uh, against Locke's wishes, Jack makes the call to the freighter, while Locke says he's not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to do this! How does he know? Now, Locke, of all people, he's one that doesn't like to be told what he can and can't do. And yet he's telling Jack, don't, you're not supposed to do it. But Jack does it anyway. So Locke walks away disappointed. And that is the last we've seen of Locke. That's true. Hmm. So what kind of uh, Locke goodness do you think we have in store for <laughs> season four? There is no telling. It seems that Locke definitely, all along, I know we say this a lot, but he is some kind of a key. He is the key to what is happening on the island. Although he doesn't know himself, he has this sense or this feeling of what needs to happen to make things right. So maybe he's going on the trust of his communication with the smoke monster, with Jacob. Don't know. It will definitely it's, be interesting to find out. Yeah, if the next season or two are just going to keep on going up that apex, you know, I wonder how much payoff we're going to get on these stories. Are they going to withhold as much as they can so that they reveal as much as they can on the very last episode, you think? No, no. I don't. No? I definitely don't think they're going to do that. Well, there's got to be something that they hold. I else, mean, why would you watch I mean, to I think, the last? I think they will hold, you know, some big things off for the end. But I think the wormhole is the last episode. <laughs> I think that'd be the title for the final episode, <laughs> The Wormhole. Ooh, that'd make a great title, wouldn't that'd it? That'd make a terrible spoiler if that... Yeah. It's like, you know, The One with the Wormhole, title for the finale. Uh, but they, you could take that to mean different things. That just sounds like a nice title, The Wormhole. Yeah, I don't think that the uh, final episode will hold the key to every answer to everything ever. I mean, they're definitely going to have to start paying things off well in advance. I think they will pay some things off. But I think the answer of the time and why the island can't be reached by regular methods, maybe big things like that, will kind of be wrapped up into one answer that they'll reveal the very last show. I, I don't know, Chris. I mean, Lost. this is Lost we're talking about, and it has really surprised us before. Now, for the longest time in my mind, I had like the final episode... You know, it's a show about people and they're stuck on an island. Final episode has to be, they get off the island. But mm. it looks like they kind of already done that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's like one of the moments where they completely turned everything upside down for me. Well, this show has just broken ground in a new type of TV show. But, I mean, where does Lost fit? You know, we know it's science fiction slash drama I don't know I mean well, what do you lo- call that lust <laughs> it's kind of its own kind of being right it transcends every genre right and even though it's science fiction say oh it, it is very science fiction and even though it's got drama what a drama but they're delivering it in a whole new package they're saying oh we're going to give you a little bit but tease you I mean we know stories have a climax they go up and up and up and they hit the apex and they have the payoff but this is like you're getting some payoff and some questions. It's just a mishmash that's done very well, methodically. Incredibly well. Incredibly well. Yes, yeah, some would argue, best TV show ever? I think so. Well, I think... I think Almost. No, I think so. I think we ever. should end it right there. Best show ever. Best show. And Locke 
is best the person character that ever. makes it the best show ever. You can't ever say, Locke, enough said. Wow, that's quite loud. That's... <laughs> Well, All right, uh, you know, I feel good. I think that was a good spotlight. Do you think once Locke becomes the character that he's trying to become now, he'll be unlock? No, that's, <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah, terrible. that gives fuel to our podcast name. Lock, unlock. Lock, unlock. <laughs> Lock, unlocked. Isn't he the greatest character? <laughs> Isn't he the greatest? And we shall put a lid on... Wow. Another incredibly loud sound effect. Yeah. Locktober. All right, well, if that's it for Lock, you have any other comments on your favorite character? I think you pretty much summed it all up. I was a bit wordy. Well, you know, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot to be said. We'll move on to news, if you're ready for it. I'm as ready as I will ever be. News in this week, we have um, some good news. (laughs) All right. (laughs) As opposed to bad news. My favorite kind of news. (laughs) Uh, first off, before I get into some of the news submitted by some of our listeners, uh, you know the uh, the prize list we've been alluding to? Yeah, yeah, I've been kind of alluding to that for a while. That they've mentioned on the uh, the blog spot? Yeah, people are curious. Uh, can't really say too much, can we? Other than it is real, I guess. There's an actual list. A prize list does, in fact, exist. There, there are... Listeners on it. There are listeners on it. They've gotten on through a variety of different ways. They've gotten on through a variety of different ways. Which I, I can't I can't talk about right now, but there's lists with people on it. They will get something eventually. That's right. all I can say. And uh, we will probably be contacting people on the list to let them know they were on the list. All right. right? Sounds good to me. That's just news we had to put out there, and we will open up other opportunities to get on the list. So, uh, some news from the Wootenator. Oh, yes. This week's news brought to us by the Wootenator. He says, hey, guys, I got a bunch of stuff for you this week. In the October 22nd through the 28th edition of TV Guide, there is a special on Lost in there. With some screenshots of the new season. Oh, oh. TV Guide? No. Really? <laughs> TV Guide. They hardly you, ever do that. You disappoint me, TV Guide. He says it's not super spoilerish, other than the paragraph that comes with it that has the title of the first episode. Oh, wow. The title's out there. It's out there. Oh. Now, this uh, will really... Will it be tough? That really changes things, you know? We're kind of out there in the community. People might let it slip to us. I don't know. I know in one of our reviews on iTunes, there's a review by someone who states that, you know, come on, guys, the titles really aren't spoilers. And we addressed that in one of our podcasts. But he says, you know, stuff like Catch-22. Come on, guys, that's not a spoiler. But eh, I think it is. But, okay, here, here's the catch, though. <laughs> Catch-22. 
Oh, very clever. How do you know the title is going to be a spoiler or not unless you hear it? So it's like you're willing to take that risk. Okay, let me look at the title and see if it's a spoiler. So you look at it, and if it's not a spoiler, you've taken the risk. If it is, it's too late because you already know the title. I consider the title to be a spoiler all the time. (laughs) Any circumstance, title equals spoiler. Any answer to the Catch-22 title? Guess we'd have to go back and look at the episode, huh? Well, you know, you know, you could have you could have kind of pieced together that you know there would be a situation in which somebody would be in a catch twenty two where they'd have to make a call, or the, there'd be a book that was entitled uh, Catch twenty two that could be in there. <laughs> um, or know. you know, look, I'm I'm gonna point to what Kate did, yeah, and I'm gonna walk away from this conversation once again. I know. There's lots of other, you know, um, I do. I do. That's true. Was that a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> that that was a spoiler. <laughs> Kate you, getting married? You, well, you knew that Kate had been married, right? Yeah. You yeah, you, you hadn't seen anything up? up to that point. I do. That kind of gave it away. Instructions. Every man for himself. I don't know. You just go back and are think you, of those. Are, and you're like, uh you know, what about? Uh, oh well, I won't name. Trisha Tanaka is, is dead. dead. <laughs> Biggest spoiler of all time. Ah. Uh, so we'll try, as some people say, like a heart attack, to avoid the title of the first episode, which is still due next February. All right. And the Wootenator also writes in, talking about the uh, syndication rights to Lost, Ooh. which have been picked up by G4 and the Sci-Fi Channel. Whoa. Syndication rights. That's right. Which means they will be... They will be airing reruns starting next fall. Re-airing them, wow. Now, I know uh, Sci-Fi, I read that they plan on airing it, the show every Monday in a four-hour chunk. Kind of like a mini-marathon of sorts. Hmm. So you uh, can get a lot of Lost. I think that's a good thing. I think that'll bring in you know new people that maybe wanted to watch Lost, but kind of didn't see it from the beginning. Yeah. Now, can you imagine some kid who's ten years old, he can't even watch Lost, you know, Unlike those 10-year-olds that have an IQ that's really high. Okay, let's just say this. <laughs> okay. I'm just say, I'm saying a young um, all right, person, I'm, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm on board with this idea. We have four years go by. He's now 14. That's true. His He's changed. You know, the people, maybe they were too young when it started. Now he's playing catch-up. <laughs> uh, new listeners, just by the mere fact that we delay it a year. Um. You know, we should talk to Sci-Fi about picking up the uh, reruns of our show. You know, to kind of accompany the the actual episode. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Our show? Yeah, put it on their website. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, that that wouldn't work. We'd have to do the Mystery Science Theater 2000 thing. Oh, that would be great. Sit there and make comments. Cool. So, big thank you to the Wootenator. Once again. And, f- as usual, if you want to join the... Uh, comments, add comment on the on our blog spot or give an answer to question of the week feel free to email lostunlocked at gmail.com that is lostunlocked at gmail.com or come by the website lostunlocked.blogspot.com or if you absolutely have to you have no other way to listen to the show, come check us out in the iTunes music store especially and for fan feedback, uh, 
fan feedback from Roger, who says, Hi guys, great podcast slash netcast. You keep mentioning tunnels to the Pearl Station. Are you completely sure about that? I am 92% sure about that. I wonder why he asked that. Well, we mentioned it last week. I, I'm fairly sure that there are. I mean, that's that's why there I took are away underground from, tunnels. That's why I took away from uh, the expose episode in which we see Ben and Juliet kind of show up. Hmm. It doesn't appear they came down the ladder. And um, if you look at the lockdown map, you see uh, looks like tunnels uh, drawn to the center, which would be the Pearl Station. And I think there are also tunnels on the blast door map. Connecting the hatches or the stations? Yes. So, I wonder why he thinks there would not be tunnels. Well, I am 92% sure. We're pretty sure. But uh, if you have any more info on that, Roger, feel free to uh, send us an email or put another post up. All right. And um, actually, a little feedback from uh, Just Jimmy, who says, uh, depending on the release of our netcast... Uh, netcast is from Leo Laporte, which he prefers to the term podcast. Which, by the way, you get like major nerd points for referencing Leo Laporte, <laughs> which is a good thing coming from me. Wow. Uh, maybe I'll do a plug for him. Uh, Leo Laporte, the tech guy, does a netcast. Very good. What? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, moving on, he says he listened to us on Blogspot, iTunes, and he uses his iPod on the transit to work, hour and a half commute, and he actually likes the minicast. So, we have a fan that likes the minicast. That's good. I think it's in a time frame that's easy for most people to listen to. That, that is what he says. Good. Says, great format, appreciates, appreciates the lightheartedness of the show. So, thank you to just Jimmy. As opposed to those people who probably cut us off on our hour shows, hour and a half shows, they don't get the goodness that they're fixing to hear, here in like 15 seconds. Want to know what that is? Um, sure. What What are we about to hear? You'll have to find out. Okay. <laughs> um, Sylvie, DMD, uh, offers some fan feedback here. And uh, she says uh, she loves her iPod. Oh. <laughs> what kind of feedback is that? Well, she bought it for watching, for watching Lost episodes. Well, that's a good reason. Yeah. But she says it does so much more. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Brian. She uses it at the gym and waiting at the doctor's. Oh, and get this. She uses it to fall asleep at night. Does that mean it's boring or <laughs> exciting? I don't know. Anyway, um, every time there is a medical emergency, says Sylvie DMD, Everyone will run to Jack because he's the doctor. What about Dr. Bernard? Oh, Dr. Bernard. Have we heard people say Dr. Bernard? He is a dentist. As a dentist, he should at least have training to deal with infection. Hmm. (laughs) He just doesn't have that same debonair and suave (laughs) manner that Jack has. I swear, dentists get no respect. Oh, well, maybe... Oh, well, maybe I'm just bitter because I, too, am not Rambo, but just a dentist. (gasps) 
Oh, that's a shocking reveal to the feedback. <laughs> Revealed Sylvie DMD is a dentist. She says she loves that that line. The dentist, formerly known as Sylvie DMD. Wow. What Brian, you have to take back everything you said about dentists. Whoa, wait, no. I have never said anything oh. bad about dentists. <laughs> Maybe she's falls asleep while listening to our podcast on her iPod. Hey, wake up, Sylvie! (laughs) She fell asleep right now. See, she's going to miss this part right now. If you have hung in there this long and cut us off, you you don't get this. We're going to re-air a a segment here on the podcast that we played uh, earlier this year. Over a year ago. Over a year ago. Wow. And this does pertain to our favorite character. Our fictional friend, Locke. Fictional friend. Yeah, I was to say fictional. He's real. <laughs> he feels real. Uh, we played a segment on our show where it appears that John Locke has called us. Now, though it's obviously edited, it was done just for some entertainment and a bit of humor. And here is that call from... John Locke. Let's go. Hello, who's this? John. John Locke. John, nice of you to call in. How are you doing? All right, I guess. Great. What what made you decide uh, to give us a call? My story would bore you. Oh, well, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean to get nosy. Uh, What you been up to lately? Nothing. Uh, well, I was talking about... uh, Well, could I turn the conversation over to this uh, hit series, Lost? Yeah, I like that very much. Excellent. So, you guys are pretty much kept in the dark when it comes to the overall storyline on Lost. You just learn what happens script by script, right? No, sir. So, you're saying you know the final outcome of the whole series? Yeah. Wow. Um, That's quite a claim, Locke. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about it? I'd like that. Okay, um, tell us, what in the world is going on on this island? It was a dream, but it was the most real thing I've ever experienced. A dream? How in the world do you know that? Doesn't matter. Well, um, it would matter if you actually saw this written on some papers you took from Damon and Carlton's office or vault or something. I asked for a sign. A sign. Okay. Uh, yeah. Th- thanks for your call, John. Appreciate your time. Uh, I guess that ends this interview, and uh, you can take uh, get back to uh, your tiddlywinks or whatever it was you were doing. And you don't know who you're dealing with. Don't ever tell me what I can't do ever. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> that uh, we did make a comment about. How he went by his character name. Of course. <laughs> went by the name Locke. It was just for entertainment. I couldn't get a clip of him saying, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. That's Unless I could have done that in my own voice. But thought that would be entertaining. For those of you who hung out this long in the podcast, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yes. So thank you for sticking around. <laughs> and I guess it's time to close the show, right, Chris? Uh, any words about uh, shows to come, Brian? Um, no, not at this moment. Under wraps, huh? To be announced. Okay. Well, this uh, is well into October. Um, we have another week and a half to go. 
and again I guess we will reiterate that we will be taking November off and we will not be podcasting no, maybe not in the general sense we will be busy we don't have on. plans for November uh, for podcasting but we do have plans otherwise uh, once we come back and get geared up for the new season oh that's right it's getting closer should be an exciting time. We're hoping to kick it off right and deliver a lot of really good content that will be quite a change from what we're doing now. So, Well, I, I can't wait, personally. Is I, goofball humor going away? You know, I think we're going to go with a more serious format. You know? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, you have these big plans. I think we'll be the same, same old Chris okay. and Brian. All right. So, anyway, uh, we'll reiterate that the next podcast to come. And... Um, We'll look for you next time once you join us on Lost and Locked. I'm not lost anymore.